I just don't know about feet. That's why I feel the same thing. That's cool. Amen. See it, Randy. My Father, and <coughs> Lord, we come to you now, inviting the Holy Spirit to be here among us. Fill us with that fire, Lord. Let mm-hmm. us have a sure knowledge of thy will for us in all that we do and say, and may it glorify thee and serve thy purpose for us. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 One last housekeeping thing because as soon as this is over, Deb and I have got to uh, bolt out real quick because um, Gully and uh, Brian are having a shower and uh, we kind of need to be there. <laughs> yeah. So if someone, we'll do this again because it really works, is that as we tear down tonight, who would be responsible for putting the blue chairs in stacks of three and pushing them back to the back? Kyle Scroggins, okay. And then who will help Kyle stack the chairs in black and then get them over there? All right, cool, cool. And then these black things, all of this stuff goes over into the thing, all right? So Salida's got the black things, the black uh, wraps. Who will fold those up and put them in the uh, box? I got you. Marsha's got those. The band guys always mess with that stuff. Don't touch that. Who's got the lamps? I do. Mom's got the lamps. All right. What am I? Who's got this thing? I'm going to pull up this. Randy's got it. You own it, baby. All right. Here we go. Um, Open up the book to Hebrews 6. Your book or your screen. Just real briefly, I mean, we've been through the first five chapters of Hebrews, and what we have learned in that time is that um, that Christ is superior. <laughs> I mean, it just really sums all that up. But in the midst of learning that Christ is superior, we're learning and realizing that there's this new way. That that's what the purpose of this letter has been for, is that here's this group of people that had first started learning how to live in a way that Jesus Christ wants us to live, right? And why He's empowered us to do so. And the letter is talking to a group of folks that have lived life in a certain way for thousands of years. And if you'll remember, we were reminding ourselves that they were living their life in such a way that their way of living life was a way in order for them to gain acceptance. It was a have-to. Remember, it was all the different boxes. They would have to check all those boxes And then maybe upon maybe, if they checked all those boxes just right and just when they were supposed to, then they would be okay with God. And then Passover came, and then we talked about how Christ, how He changes our have-tos to get-tos. That our love and our overflow for Jesus and how He is uh, in the resurrection and how He has empowered us with Himself changes our have-to in order that we get to, that we get to go love on this, on these people in just such a wide open fashion. And so that brings us to Hebrews chapter 6 in the verse 1. It says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again. Some of the versions that would be in your lap may have therefore leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. So it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. 
And some of the other versions that you'll see are the translations is saying dead works. It's saying surely we don't have to go back to the point of saying that hey, this, re- this repentance is actually a pretty cool word when we don't use it to beat people up with. That if there has been this repentance that we see of people that have changed their, their heart and they've changed their mind about who they are, they've changed their mind about the have-tos, the old way, the old covenant, and they're repenting and changing towards the new way, which is Christ. You see that? That's an extremely cool word when used in the proper context of that way. And so they're saying, surely we don't have to go back to that. And yet, here we are 2,000 years later, and most of the body, quite honestly, a lot of time gets whooped. Right? And so it would be like if you went, if you were a, uh, a math major, and you went into your statistics class, and they they just kept going over saying, okay, today we're going to start with 2 plus 2 equals 4. I mean, you, you kind of be sitting there going, um, I think we've got that. I think we understand that one. But yet the teacher would say, well, we've got to keep going over it and over it because you just hadn't quite gotten it yet. You, you see what that's like? It would be kind of like doing that. And so what we're saying is that, look, we're just going to keep moving on. And so in verse 2 it says, you don't need any further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Verse 3, And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance, remember that's changing of their mind and their heart, those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven, and shared in the Holy Spirit. There's a whole lot of folks, gang, that use that verse to whoop people about losing your salvation. You might be one. I happen to believe with everything within me that you cannot lose your salvation. Let me repeat that. You cannot lose your salvation. We're going to dissect this a little bit, okay? It's going to be fun. Because verse 5, we're going to do verse 5 and 6 and then we'll pull these three together. So it says in verse 5, who have tasted the goodness of the Word. Now remember in this time when this letter is written, Bibles were not mass produced. So this word, Word means to have spoke it out. I'm speaking this out to a, it's like Logos. I'm speaking it out. I'm letting everyone know that the old has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. That Jesus has done everything required to do to satisfy God in His wrath. And the way to experience and love that is through faith. It's through belief in Christ. And when your heart comes overflowed with that, you change internally, inside. And it starts to flow from the outside. Thus these fruits start to come out called joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And so in verse 5, he's saying, look, we've tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and the power of the age to come. Verse 6, And who then turn away from God, it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again and again, holding Him up to public shame. And so what I want us to do is just kind of stop right there for a second and pull all these together. 
Okay? How many of us have ever said, I'm not right with God? Okay. That's not a far step from saying I can lose my salvation. If God knows everything that's coming, and if God is all-powerful, how will you ever surprise Him? You cannot. He's not surprised, gang. He knows what you're about to do. He knows what you're about to think. And it's always a choice. On which one am I going to go down, Bevo? The one that strengthens me through Christ? The one that Christ can take me down even though everything within me does not want to? Or am I going to travel the one of unbelief? You see, because you remember a couple of weeks ago we said, I believe that the, the, the chaos ensues in our life at the point of unbelief. That there's something going on within me that I'm just not quite sure of, so I'm going to go down this path and either medicate it or do something to get away from it. And a lot of times the it resides in me. And so it's this fundamental unbelief that I'm not who God says I am through my faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what these fundamental teaching, that's what the writers in Hebrews are saying, look man, you are as secure as you will ever be through Jesus. And Jesus alone. You're not going to be secure in the old. Now again, one more point before we start moving on and tying all this together. If there was no need for the new, then why did it come? If the old would have satisfied them in knowing that they were at peace with God, then why Jesus? Because everything in the old is a thread pointing to Jesus in security. Right? <laughs> Are you getting it? I wish I could believe it for you. But some of you are. Because see, if you didn't believe it, then you wouldn't say, hey, I'll take that woman who's been getting whooped. You have to believe something bigger than you in order to open up your home for someone you've never met. There has to be a trust in the empowering of Jesus Christ within you to say, I'm in. And it's blowing people up. <laughs> in a great fashion. Keep going. Here's what I want. Let's kind of tie this together. Hey, how many of you ever used the word blaspheme? He's a blasphemer. Yeah. A bunch of blasphemers. I kind of like making fun of that word. Yeah. He's a blasphemer. What? What does that mean? Why would you have to call that to me? Mm -hmm. I did used to like that word a lot. Jesus was called a blasphemer. Remember that? Because He was going against everything of the old. He's fulfilling all of that, and when He started talking that way, they called Him a blasphemer. They actually said, He's Satan. Now gang, hang on. That's the old flowing robe boys. The world looked at them and said, well, they must know. They were educated. They are of the cloth. 
They have to know, for they can read the books. And how wrong could they have been? There was some that deep down knew that Jesus was who He said He was. One of them was Nicodemus and would go see Him at night. Why did He go at night? He was afraid. Look at the ones around us. Look at the ones that are around us that are afraid. That they will rely upon whatever the guy that stands behind one of these says. Don't you do it. You go home and you test everything that comes out of my head. Because you've got the book. Test it. Open it up in your home. Be the pastors of your own palace. Teach these children. Teach it to everyone that will listen to you. Every day. Here's what he said about it. Jesus said it in several things. There, are, there is one unforgivable sin. What is it? Unbelief. Let's read it. That way we'll know we're going to the book. First spot is in Matthew. It's in 12. It says, Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Verse 31 in Matthew 12 says, So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. So time out right there. Those that have said that they're not right with God, what are you basing that on? Me. <laughs> Did you hear that? Me, behavior, old way, checking boxes. Here I am, I'm over here back checking boxes. I got the veil back up. And what my book just said, I don't know what yours just said, but if you were going along with me in this, what did your book just say? Every. 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 So maybe the disappointment or the not right is misplaced. Maybe that I should place that upon myself. Because it's not God's to wear. God wore all of it through Jesus Christ in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. That's why those three cool words came out of His mouth. It is finished. So when I say, hey, look, man, I think God's disappointed with me, I believe you're putting the, the uh, placement of the disappointment on the incorrect person. You wear it. Then you'll start healing. And you'll say, Lord, i got to die to myself. Now, doesn't that make sense? I'm going to die to my old self. Oh, it's so good. One, it's not about me. One more sighting of that is in uh, Mark. It's in chapter 3. And he says, I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. There's the one. All right, that's Mark chapter 3, <coughs> verse 28 29. And it's also in Matthew in verse 32, anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. That's pretty heavy. It's, it would be very easy for me to skip over that and to say, well, I don't really, that's kind of hard. But that's not you. <laughs> that's not you, gang. You believe, Right? I mean, I've seen all your hands go up. I've seen you go into homes. I've seen you open up your homes. I've seen you live in life with people. But it's the ones that we're teaching. It's saying, where is your unbelief placed? Where is your disappointment placed? 
Are you doing the hokey pokey with your salvation? Right, you remember? I got my left foot in, I got my left foot out. I got my left foot in and then I'm shaking it all about. That's where we live. Are you in today? Are you out? And a lot of times when I'm out, it's based on who? We just said it. Me. Incorrect. You're playing God. Y'all are great. But He's not taking applications for His job. <laughs> Alright. Just to make sure we know what this word blaspheme means. It means to criticize in an abusive and angrily manner. Rail at. To have evil spoken of. Let me tell you where we as a body of Christ will blaspheme. That will rail at. That will speak angrily at. And it's whatever you're not doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can name them. Homosexuality, addictions. What are the others? Abortion. Abortion. Gluttony. It's whatever I'm not doing, I can rail at it. And the question is, why? That's not ours to judge, gang. It's all ours to do is to love. And to help any and everyone that wants to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Why, why they've traveled down that one road of unbelief. Right? Okay. John 16, 9. Because here is the, what Mom just said a while ago. Look what Jesus said. This is after Jesus washed feet. This is after He promised the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is right before He's placing Himself on the cross. He said the world's sin is that it, ref that it refuses to believe in Me. And what He's saying, He's saying the world's missing the mark. He says it's, it's in that how it refuses to believe in Me. The world's not having a share in Me. That's what that, that's what that word means. So to have a share in Jesus is how, gang? <laughs> so back to our text. We're going to have to close up here. When the ground soaks up the falling rain. This is back in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7. It says, When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has good blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. And so, he's just referring back to belief and unbelief. You remember the guys that were trying to enter the rest of God? And what they're, how they entered His rest? How was that? You're getting the Word. You're starting to say it a little bit stronger. We just said it. Even in the old, their entering God's rest was through what? Belief. <coughs> belief. Belief. And that if my heart has been hardened, why am I letting it be hardened through unbelief? Verse 9, Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. And I don't either. I do not believe this applies to you as far as thinking that you can lose your salvation. I think you're more secure now that if you say those words of God's not uh, good with me right now, that you've just, you've just learned what? That you've misplaced the disappointment. You can place it on yourself. It's okay to be disappointed in yourself and then you start learning and you're owning it and you start learning from that. Okay? 
Verse 10, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you've shown your love to Him by caring for other believers. Man alive, I know that's y'all. <laughs> we just emptied out the bucket and $4,000 in cash went to folks that were in these different transitions of, of life. <laughs> that's over 90 cents of every dollar that's going right back out to help take care of needs. Gang, that's crazy cool. Y'all are sitting on your hands and going, what am I, I want to clap. I want to say heck yeah. Bunch of scaredy cats. I love y'all. I want to give, I want to close this with an illustration. Hey Mike, before you do that. Mm-hmm. In the letter of Hebrews that Mike is teaching from, the word sin does not refer to any behavior. The word sin, when it's brought up in Hebrews, always refers to unbelief. Mm. Hebrews 3, Mike has talked about this before, the very last verse of Hebrews 3. So we see that they were not able to enter his rest because of their unbelief. Amen. <laughs> so cool. Here's the thing, let me ask you some questions to take home with you, and I'm going to give you an illustration through some of these lottery tickets. First time I've ever bought lottery tickets. It was kind of exciting, wasn't it, Bill? Bill went in with me, I said, man, let's learn the jargon, I don't even know what to say. I said, I want the biggest one you have, and they give me that one first, and I'm going, that's a, that's a bunch of baloney. Let me ask you this, take these questions home with you. And use these when you gather together. Do you believe that Christ emptied the tomb to keep folks guessing or hoping they would be safe? Alright, so you've got your no there real fast and real emphatic. Then why would I ever say I'm not right with Him? Because I'm not right with myself. Amen. Gosh, y'all are good. You're about to set some folks free out there, gang. Here's another question. Before Christ, do you think the folks in the old were ever really sure about their salvation? No. No. I don't either. I think maybe the flowing robe guys, I think they thought they were. You remember, they were. the rope on their ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That's right. Ring the bell. I need to get out of there. Right? What about you? You see, it's a different kind of hope. See, when Bib and I went in there and bought jumbo bucks, <laughs> that's a $1 card. That's why it's so small. We didn't win anything. We're scratching it off. And before we scratch, do we know whether or not we've won? No. That's hoping I will win something, right? I think one of these, actually, you do win a ticket, so whoever plays, you can have that one. Everybody's going, I'm going to grab it when no one's looking. <laughs> so this one's undone. This one hasn't been scratched off. <laughs> what do you hope happens? So how do we stop transferring that kind of hope onto our relationship with Christ? 
You see, the word hope in Scripture means assurance. Is that we live on the hope of Christ coming. It's not a scratch-off. He emptied the tomb. So you would not have to guess. You are a winner, winner, chicken dinner before you ever bought the thing. <laughs> Last verse. When you put all of that together, then it's what it says in verse 12 says, Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit. Did you hear that? Going to inherit God's promises because of their what? Their faith. And endurance. Praise God. Man alive. Father, I thank You for this time. We are going to start closing this down. And Lord... um